This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of Banging on the Drum. Uh, thank you all for listening. I am your host here, P-Dog. Joined alongside with my co-host back in West Central Wisconsin, M-Dog. How you doing, M-Dog? How's things going up there? Doing great. How are you, Pat? I am doing very well. It's it's getting cold for the Florida people down here, so that's been pretty funny to see. Um, had a teacher. Yeah, I saw you were in a sweatshirt today. It, I was a little surprised. Yeah, it's it's just nice to be able to wear a sweatshirt. Like it's comfortable. <laughs> I enjoy doing it. So, so I'll be in sweatshirts just out of pure comfort. Um, but it, it did drop down to like thirty six today, so it was shorts and sweatshirt weather so but yeah that's your go-to right yeah people in florida are losing their minds with how cold it is though like teachers at the school are telling kids like i know it's cold but don't skip class and i was <laughs> i was like these guys have no clue walk into class in milwaukee like i i remember one day i had to walk to class like i lived like a mile away and I had to walk to class because it was so cold that my car wouldn't start. So, yeah. so that was that was my reason for walking. But, but yeah, so I think we, I think we literally got like 18 inches of snow in in Winona, and they didn't cancel classes. Right, oh, like it wasn't even like a thought on the university. They're like, man, nah, maybe we shouldn't have these today. Yeah, I think they determine those two though by like transit population. And stuff like that to some extent yeah yeah because i i don't remember milwaukee ever getting canceled i think maybe one time because it was too cold um i know it's like every winter but there was a winter that was just brutal semi recently i want to say like 2018 and and yeah like my car was struggling through it and like i always had to park it on the street so that didn't help it at all but Right. But yeah, my, my car like didn't start for like four straight days, but whatever. That's why I moved to Florida. Where you can be like, man, 36, it's freezing today. It is a different type of cold, though. I, I will give the people down here some credit. But so I guess I would say that heat is all relative, right? So if you live in a place like Phoenix or Las Vegas or even like a Florida, where it's 90 to 100 every day of the summer, no matter, or 90 to 115 every day of the summer. If it gets down to 40, that's really, really cold. And if it goes from 80 to 40, it's very, very cold. That's true. And, and we, so we're kind of having like the Wisconsin spring fall weather right now i guess it's probably pretty similar to what you guys are going through but it'll be 36 in the morning and then like 75 in the afternoon like just a huge swing like that but wisconsin's probably more known for that than florida would be yeah uh so like 
we had a day that like the high was like 37 here, right? So it was 22 degrees like last week. That's just, that's cold. Like it's just like moving from like the mid sixties to even 35 is tough to deal with. Like you don't want to have days like that. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us, Mike. We're turning into old men just talking about the weather. You're, you are a weatherman, so that's okay, right? Yeah, that's true. It's part, it's part of my job. <laughs> All right, let's roll into the hot in the streets. We'll go from cold to hot. All right, so. Uh, wait, wait, wait. So, Before we start this, I didn't get my Brookwood Falcons update. You guys had a lot of games since the last time I seen you, right? No, so just Tuesday night. We have played Tuesday night, and then we're going to play again on Saturday. Uh, Tuesday night we played Cashton. Uh, that's the day that it like the high like 37. So I'm in Cashton, which is up on the ridge. So it's just like windy as fuck too. So like, so like 35 degrees, super windy. I'm up there in like just like a like a shell jacket, like not anything that's like super heavy or anything, which is pretty much my normal attire for all winter because I'm in a car and then I'm in a building. I don't have to be like outside for like extended periods of time, unless I choose to be. And so I was in like a relatively light coat. So by the end of it, I'm just like freezing, you know, all the kids are freezing. They like they're middle of the game. They're like, I'm cold. I'm cold. Like, I'm like, there's nothing we can do about being cold. It's just the way it's going to be from here on out. But we had a pretty good game. Uh, The first time we played Cashton, all the teams really made us look like we weren't prepared. And this time, um, I think just their fourth graders made us look like that. So that was pretty good, right? When they have a team of like all fourth graders, third and fourth graders, and then uh, just third graders and just the all fourth grade team, they they weren't letting us get any yards at all. So, So did your team win? So I don't, I'm not positive because I didn't do a good job of tracking the extra points, right? So they did extra points, and, like, when we're at Brookwood, we don't do that. It was two touchdowns to two touchdowns, though. Gotcha. And three halves. We'll call it a tie. We'll call it a tie. All right. Now we really will go to hot in the streets. Pew, 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 pew. All right. So uh, I got a few. Robbie Anderson got traded to the Cardinals this week. Um, Marquise Brown got hurt. Hollywood Brown got hurt. Going to be out for an extended amount of time, but they are getting uh, DeAndre Hopkins back. So I don't know if they needed this trade. Robbie Anderson really needed to get out of Carolina. I'm pretty sure that was not working out for him. He's a plus receiver. It would have been nice if the Packers would have been in on somebody like him, but I didn't even know he was available until he was gone. So, Yeah. Yeah, even, man, that just shows me how little I know about the Carolina Panthers. Like, hey, I just seeing on the Google Doc, I was like, Robbie Anderson. Like, I gotta think about who that is. But, but now, yeah, so he's always now, he's always been kind of a fringe decent player, right? Yeah. 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 All right, what you got? Uh, next? Moving on. Moving on. We'll uh, get into like kind of. The Packer game, just a touch. Heineke is starting for the commies this weekend. So that should be should be interesting. 
Yeah, he's a fun guy to watch at the very least. Um, I know he's the one that always says like he loved watching Brett Favre growing up, even though it kind of seems like he might have been a little too young. To, but I mean, I guess anybody can just watch highlights of it. But yeah, it but seems- if you're 12, right? So then like 15 years after that, you're in the NFL, right? So 12 years ago, yeah, that's 2010 though. Like he would have been pretty young, I think, because he can't be much more than 25, 26. Yeah, but say if his dad loved Brett Favre and would like show him shit. So, yeah, it's not unrealistic to think that he modeled his game after Brett Favre. And he kind of does. He's just a gunslinger out there. Yeah, that's not the best way to succeed in today's NFL, I don't think. No. And you got to not defraud states and send dick pics. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So model your football game after his like be be the tough guy be the guy that takes a lot of risks i i can be okay with that just don't be the shitty human being part of what brett harp is yeah yeah all right moving on to another uh another wisconsin sport here the bucks are tipping off tonight should be should be an exciting season for them should be a championship caliber team that they're going to put on the floor for the probably the fourth straight year right not that they yep. always win the championship there, but really had a good opportunity to win the NBA championship at least the last three years and should again this year for the fourth year. Yeah, and we do have our new Bucks correspondent that's going to be debuting today. So he's actually currently watching the Bucks game. So am I, even though it's on a commercial break right now, so I can't tell you what the score is. But right after the Bucks game, we are going to bring our, our new correspondent on. I know the... The crowd is wondering who that might be. Mike even looks like he might be confused who it might be. Oh, I've got it between two people, so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good with that. <laughs> yeah. What you got next? All right. So uh, it sounds like everyone on the Carolina Panthers, and I probably should have put this one in the Robbie Anderson one together, is on the trading block. Like they do not care who they keep and who they get rid of at this point. So if you're looking for a deal, head on over to uh, Charlotte and scoop you up some good players. Yeah, weren't they saying even McCaffrey's on the block? But yeah, you did a bad job. Yeah. Of, you, you hopped around on us on this one. Your first one was yeah. a Panther thing and your fourth one was a Panther thing. Yeah, and so I'm going to do it again right now and uh, <laughs> go from Packer game to back to Packer game. Uh, kind of, I guess. Lazard is going to uh, probably going to get sued by Sauce Gardner because he touched his cheese head after the game, knocked it right off his head. Sauce Gardner was kind of out there uh, showboating a bit, and Lazard ran by, knocked that uh, cheese head right off his head. I can imagine this will be a feud for centuries. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what level Sauce Gardner is going to be, but, I mean, he he talked the talk, and he walked the walk against us, so – Maybe he he's going to be one, good against us. Yeah, maybe he's going to be one of those guys that's a staple. Um, we're going to have. I heard some uh, euphemisms. Maybe I don't know. I don't even think I know we'll what see. euphemism is. But like yeah. sauce, lost in the sauce. That's what it was. Lost in the sauce. So like Revis Island, lost in the sauce. Um, but but we'll see if he's good enough to hold that hold that up. And what you got last, Mike? All right. And so, like, probably the thing I thought was most impressive about this week. It, ah, shoot. Now I'm 
blanking on his first name, but it's uh, Poyer from Buffalo. It's Jordan Instead Poyer, of, right? Joe, got it. Joe Poyer yeah. drove, drove down to uh, Kansas City for the game because he wasn't cleared to fly because of his uh, rib and lung injury, but he played football with that. So I don't know. I guess that's probably 15 to 20 hours drive comes down plays in Kansas city, then drives back. I was, I think that was a pretty impressive move on his part. Do you think he was actually the one driving the whole time? Absolutely not. So I heard him <laughs> on McAfee show. I was listening to the, must've been the Monday McAfee show. And, uh, he was talking about his driver. So he definitely didn't, he didn't drive, but that's still a tough way to go to a game. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not with your team or anything, but honestly, it might even be kind of nice because I mean, their NFL players are going to get treated nice, but traveling through the air, I don't know. Isn't always, isn't ideal either. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure they're on a plane and like, I've seen videos where they all have, it's like a whole plane full of first class. So maybe I take that. I would rather fly on that plane than, than ride yeah. in like a comfy vehicle the whole way. But I'm sure they could have got like an RV and took him on an RV. And it would have been, yeah, it was probably like a big, bucket. it was probably like a big, like transit van. It probably wasn't something where they're like, they're not in my uh, 2011 Chevy Cruze and they're all snuggled in and, you know, but, like, but you're in a Chevy Cruze too. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Like a, We're the cruise like podcast. So the cruise it, podcast, Chevy Cruise. This segment <laughs> brought to you by Chevy Cruise, 2011 Chevy Cruise. Maybe I'm, a, a, little I'm a twelve. I'm a twelve. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. that's that era though. <laughs> yep, hot in the streets. Brought to you by Chevy Cruise. Drive a Chevy Cruise. Because yeah, on those hot streets, you need a Chevy Cruise. Hell yeah. All right. So our old, our old Bucks correspondent, our dog uh, sent us something. So my hot in the streets here about Claypool being on the trade block and the Packers being interested. Um, He asked if we thought it was realistic. And I guess my response to that is if there was any year that I think the Packers would reach out and try to find talent, it would be this year. But um, my short answer to it is, yeah, I doubt we're going to get it. Like, when's the last time the Packers made a trade in the middle of a season to bring a guy in? Has it happened recently? Like, I really can't think of it. And if it has happened recently, a I trade? completely blanked it. Yeah. I can't think of a trade to bring in a guy that was, like, substantial, right? It, yeah. And, like, I mean, it's might not sign just. sign somebody. Yeah. And it's not just the Packers. Like, in the NFL, it's you, you don't see many trades at the trade deadline like you do in baseball basketball and all those sports right baseball and basketball it's a little bit easier to like run a like a cohesive offense without for sure without being a team baseball's like nothing like you i mean maybe there's a little bit of chemistry and like some there's more chemistry like in the second base and like shortstop area but like really you're just playing the game you played all your life and if anything, yeah. maybe it takes you three games, which is less than a percent of the season to catch back up to the spot that you are with the guy. But baseball's definitely got to be the easiest, 
easiest sport to switch a team in and just come in and, and be productive. Yeah. And even at second base, like your chemistry like matters a little bit, but if you're flipping the ball to second base, you're flipping a ball to second base. You know, the other it, guy catching it might be an issue, but like you're flipping a ball to second base. That's yeah. Part of it. But anyways, apparently we're a report out there said the Packers were interested in Claypool. Um, uh, next. All right. So what are you, what are you willing to give up for that? I'm so bad at that game. I don't know, like a fifth round pick. Uh, well, yeah. So players that are already in the NFL are valued so much less than players that aren't in the NFL yet, which I don't understand. Yeah. No, that's like boggles my mind. We've had that discussion on here before. That's a good call that I wouldn't have any idea what Claypool is actually worth. Yeah, no. And I mean, like off the top of my head, five fifth round pick came up right away. But honestly, I think the Packers could give like a second round pick and I wouldn't be too mad of, mad about it knowing what i know at face value like he's a guy that can come in obviously like our previous conversation we were just having is football is not really the sport you can just come in and like produce right away but i guess i mean he's just he's been in the league you know he's he's a decent wide receiver i don't think he's a guy that you just like run the go route and you're good. I mean, maybe he could do that if he didn't know the playbook yet. But, but anyway, so the but game. The, the other thing is, wide receivers are on offense. So defensively, I think you can kind of get away with not really understanding scheme to some extent, especially if you play like a lot of man defense. But offensively, wide receivers are kind of the only ones that can not know the scheme. Run this route, go. You know what I mean. You don't, and then they pull them out for like real scheme plays where they're trying to block or like do something special. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you could just have the play call and then just tell him to, I guess that would turn into kind of a pain in the ass, but like, Hey, 32 slap and go. All right. You're running a post yeah. this time, whatever, whatever the play yeah. call is. I would assume that would have probably been a run play, but, but whatever we'll, we'll keep her moving here. So the next thing I have for hot in the street. So I turned the game off. I'm watching the Bucks game now, but watching that Cardinals game, the Cardinals black and red jerseys with like the, the black Jersey with the red, like uh, numbers and like the shiny red Cardinal on their helmet. I think those might be the coolest jerseys in the NFL. I think those was a pretty sweet. I'm not, I'm not a big uh, Jersey guy, but I've seen them two times this year. And I was like, these are sick. So there's some too now. Yeah, which is spe- like which is unique. I don't think that the NFL does jerseys very well in general. Yeah. And so if they no, got those, it right, I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah, those are nice. And then my last hot. Oh no, I got two more. Uh, MLB. So we'll do a little MLB catch up. So AL Championship Series and NL. Well, the Championship Series are going on. So in the AL, we have the Astros versus the Yankees. In the NL, we have the Padres versus the Phillies. And I would be lying to you if I said I watched more than two innings of baseball since the playoff has started. But anyways, the team I picked uh, to win the World Series when we did this the last time was the Astros. So my team's still alive. I can't even remember if I made you pick or I don't even think you got to pick. I was impolite. You you asked me, but I didn't ask you. 
Yeah, but I don't think that it matters because I don't think I would have any idea who was going to win anyway. Yeah. I'm going to take the Padres now. Okay. There we go. And then my last hot in the street. So watching the Bucks game before this started, TNT NBA crew with uh, Kenny, uh, Shaq, Charles. Now I'm forgetting my boy, the guy from Milwaukee, Ernie. Um, best, best like pregame, halftime, uh, postgame, bar none. Those guys have so much fun, and it's so funny to watch. Like I think. I, no, I just don't think I laugh watching TV that much. Like, it, there's things that, like, when I'm watching The Office and stuff, like, I'm like, these are funny. But, like, those guys, like, actually, like, crack me up with, like, the shit they talk to each other. I don't know. They just yeah. do such a good job of, like, talking well, shit to each other. So, I think, like, Barkley and Shaq got on there as, like, guys that, to some extent probably shouldn't have like announcer or like broadcast TV, like gigs, right. They should be like, they should run a podcast together. Those two, that'd be hilarious. I think. And they just hit lightning in a bottle where Barkley didn't used to be this guy that he is now that he like is really like kind of like out there and says a bunch of crazy shit. And then Shaq on top of that is, and they're both kind of like, go ahead and fucking fire me. Like, what do I care? You know what I mean? I made a shitload of money already. I'm going to say what I think. And if you fire me, I don't care. And like TNT is like, it's kind of perfect because they're not like inappropriate most of the time. Right. But they're just, yeah, they're they're great. They scrape it sometimes, but like, it's never like egregious shit. Like it's saying shit instead of like, you know. Like talking like normal people talk is is like where they push the line, but but I love it and I'm glad it's back and I'm gonna be watching basketball. Yeah, um, I would agree. They're very good. All right, so that will do it for hot in the streets, and we will go to that's a spicy meatball. All right, so um, I think that if concussions are caused by an illegal hit. So like two is would not fall under this category. I'm sure there's a few that have in the past, but, um, or like a targeting play gets a guy that removed from a game, the offensive guy removed from a game that the, the person who hit him, the defender generally, uh, should be out for the same amount of time as the concussed player. Uh, like, so if somebody has to sit out three games because they got concussed and like, they can't get over it, they can't get back on the field. Then the defender who hit him illegally should have to sit out those three games and forfeit those checks. And I think that would stop the uh, targeting stuff. And even in college, like if you just said you have to sit out these games, every game that this guy sits out, you have to sit out it would, it would solve that problem. And there can be a committee that determines whether it's good or good or bad, like post game. It doesn't have to happen in the game with a flag or something like that, that officials could get wrong. Yeah. I just don't actually think it would fix the problem. Like I think 
I would say 90% of the hits that lead to concussions and stuff like are not, I I would say like even 99.9 aren't like no one hits a guy saying like, Oh, I hope I give him a concussion. I could be wrong about that. There's probably guys like that want to knock a guy out of the game, like for a competitive advantage, which is whatever. I mean, say it's shitty, say it's not, but I just don't think that those, like when you see it in college and stuff, it's never like a kid with ill intent, like hitting a guy helmet to helmet on purpose. Like a lot of the ones you see in college that are so stupid, it's like pretty much he goes in to tackle and then the offensive player like snaps his head into like a position and they end up hitting head to head. Yeah. Like, And I don't think those those ones should be considered illegal hits, right? So there's certain times like if a DN's coming off the end and he like smokes a quarterback in the side of his helmet with, and then the quarterback's out for four weeks. I think that DN should have to be out four weeks too. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some jalapenos here. I will give you four jalapenos just because I don't like the idea. So say the next guy who hits Tua, it ends up being helmet to helmet. Um, but with not ill intent. So it's a flag. So it's roughing the passer, but you know, you can tell it wasn't intentional and two is out for the season because this is third concussion. So honestly, is that what happens? If you get three concussions in a season, you have to be out. No, but I'm just saying like with what we've we've seen from Tua, I can't imagine him getting another concussion and then playing again this year i think that's just like i think it would be dangerous right yeah seems like it because i'm even surprised he's like back this week already but what do i know and which really i don't know anything so maybe he's completely fine and able to play but where i was going to go with this though is it's not going to be an advantage for the team so if say Tua gets knocked out by a player on the Jets and it turns out late in the season they need the Jets to beat the Patriots to what you know what I'm saying like it could come back to bite you in, no in so I think it's more of a punishment for the player right so like you're you got suspended because basically you took this guy's season oh gotcha but you know yeah I mean? But I think Dolphins I, fans would be like, let's get the Jets' best defensive player back on the field, like <laughs> when they're playing the Patriots. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Can, do we have an option to put him back on there? Yeah, I got what yeah. you're saying. All right. Like I said, four jalapenos. All right. My, my spicy meatball comes with actual peppers this week. So I think pizza places who put a pepperoncini in the box just get an extra point just for putting the pepperoncini in the box, you you look like you don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, I got you. Yep. Oh, okay. But I think they're kind of assholes for only putting one with each pizza. Cause you got to think there's going to be more than one person eating the pizza that likes pepperoncinis, but only one person gets the pepperoncini. And how do you decide who gets it? You could cut it in half. 
No, because like that's the best thing is taking the bite and then you dump it on your pizza because they're filled with juice. You take it, you take a bite, and then you. So dump that's it. how you're supposed to use the pepperoncinis. That's how I use them. I the only reason I thought of this is because we were had a, like sh- some sort of shredded beef tonight, and we had pepperoncinis uh, ready to go for them. And that's what I do is I bite it and then I use it as like seasoning for it. Oh, so good. I love those things. But anyways, to sum up that spicy meatball is I think uh, the restaurants who do that and only put one in the box, that those people are assholes. They should know that people want more than one. They got to put at least four in the box. One on not. So it's a circle pizza, but like if it was a square, you'd put one on each corner. And then okay, one for every two slices, essentially, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I don't think about the pepperoncini too much on my pizza. Uh, I I don't think (laughs) it ever gets eaten, even. Like I don't even like. Really, man, you are missing out. I like pepperoncinis, but I, I don't think that I ever eat them when I'm eating pizza. Right, and if I dumped it on my pizza, my wife would probably try to kill me. Like, no, you don't dump it on the whole pizza because that's kind just, of like I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, but it it'd be a problem. I'm gonna give you three three jalapenos for this because uh, I'm, like I think it's pretty spicy that you have a, such a large opinion of pepperoncinis. Now, if you're eating like a shredded beef, you should be cooking that stuff in like a jar of pepperoncinis. But yeah, that's my wife's decision, though, is because if I threw a jar of pepperoncinis in there, she would not be happy. And she's doing <laughs> 99.99% of the cooking. So it would like the only thing I would add to the mix is something that she doesn't like. So, so no boy. Bueno. So, change, so change your life and have a just put like a beef roast in a crock pot with a. Italian seasoning and pepperoncinis, like a jar of pepperoncinis. That's what we did today, but we just left the pepperoncinis out because no, that's you gotta only... cook them in the pepperoncinis, man. Come on. No, no, I can't because then I'm the only one that gets to eat, and that's rude, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not a yeah, nice thing fair. to do. To be fair, my wife does not eat when I make Italian beef either. All right. So next one I have, and this is kind of going back to our first conversation of the show. So I just think the average Northern person is tougher than the average Southern person. And it's purely off the comment of like, Hey, you got to still keep showing up at stuff, even when it's so cold out. Cause I think in Wisconsin, it's just like, not even a question. Like, sure, when I lived there, I hated going places more in the winter, but like, it wasn't like I'm calling in sick because it's cold. All right. Maybe so let's, reverse, let's reverse this. And if it's 115, are you like, and you don't have AC at work. So like my work, when I first got that job, doesn't have AC. So maybe 115 is a bad example. If it's 105, would you have called in? No, do you I don't know, know anybody that would have called in? Yeah, oh yeah, because yeah. It, because it was too hot. I'm not going to work. Fuck this. I'm I'm out. Oh yeah, I got buddies that 
put AC up there as the best invention of all time, like bar none, no, but, like rocket okay. ships are there and stuff <laughs> and they, <laughs> screw the rocket ships. I want the AC. Like that's, that's it. They take an AC okay. over a TV. TV is the best invention of all time. I think that might be another spicy meatball, but I love TV. Uh, yeah, that, that, ooh, that's a good, that's a good, like a good conversation. Like what is the actual greatest invention of all time? And I, I don't know. I am. I haven't thought about it. Right. We'll save it for computers, another. the internet, maybe the internet. Yeah, that's true. Cause you can watch TV yeah. on the internet now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, but I, I honestly don't know. I haven't thought about it enough. I'm going to have to like ponder this for the next few months. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I think that if that, like a Southern person is willing to skip work because it gets real cold, but there's Northern people that are willing to skip work because it's real hot. I think it's kind of a push. But So my other thing is though, is like, you, I think it's easier to freeze to death than it is to, um, so like if you go to like homeless people in Chicago and then homeless people in Florida, like not saying that that's the average person, but like, man, the, the homeless, I would take the homeless people up North versus the homeless people down here. And I'm not even just saying, just looking at them, but like they're, they have to hustle. Like to be homeless up there, they have to hustle. Not that they don't down here. I don't know. I feel like I'm walking on a fine line when I'm talking about homeless people. But I'm just saying, I think the homeless people from up north would come down here and just whoop the living shit out of the southern <laughs> southern homeless people. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, there's a, I think there's a like a natural bias towards people from other places though too. So like you're from the north, so you want to be like, well, we're definitely better, right? No, like, and I don't. You guys have that. these other problems, right? Where we have to deal with negative thirty degree weather. Well, you know, we don't deal with a hundred and ten very often. Yeah. Anyways, I don't think that because I do believe that the best athletes come from the south, and I think that. If you looked at it, like if you pulled up like list of athletes and seen how many came from Wisconsin and how many came from Florida, like it would just be like, but I think that's because of the weather's nice year round. Like you don't have to worry about it and sure. Maybe it's a little hot, but, but yeah, these, these guys down here, guys and girls down here can just play whatever sport they want to play year round. And yeah, and I don't know, breeds better athletes. Yeah. I just think the average person that lives in Wisconsin. So say on a 115 degree day, you break down in your car on the side of the road, like, and there's nobody out there for miles and miles, and you have to walk. Like if it's like negative 20 and that happens to you. And you're like in the middle of nowhere with like no cell phone, you're probably going to die a lot quick. Like you got to be like more. Well, yeah. You're not wrong. Resourceful. But anyway, yeah. but maybe it. because we die quicker then we're not as tough. That's All right. I'm going to give it, I'm going <laughs> to, 
I'm going to give it um, four jalapenos because I actually think that humans are super adaptable to all situations. And if we brought um, people from the South to the North, that in two and a half years, they'd be just, they'd be just the same as us. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. That is hot in the streets and spicy meatballs. The next thing you are going to be hearing is from our Bucks correspondent, who's probably crapping his pants right now because the Bucks are in a barn burner with the 76ers currently 89 to 88 with 9.9 seconds left in the game. But like I said, next segment, you'll be hearing our new correspondent. Now, welcoming to the show, not only one of our two accountants we have for banging on the drum, but also our new Bucks correspondent, Kyle Roberto Anderson. How you been since the last time we've seen you on here? Hey, guys. Doing good. How about you? Doing well, Kyle. Doing well. Still cruising along, putting out two episodes a week now. Um, but yeah, what have you been up to since the last time we had you on? You came in, crushed the NBA stuff, whooped our asses, and left us. <laughs> yeah, not, not much. Just a uh, couple weddings this summer. Uh, well, yours, that was part of the reason I was on before, I think. And then uh, Kevin's, that was good. And then not much, busy with work. Yeah, no, you got quite the resume. You two best mans in one summer. So you're just a speechwriter this summer. So got your got your practice in for public speaking. So now we're bringing you back, bringing you back for more. I so, probably would have just uh, done the same speech for both and just called it good. That would have was that acceptable. I, I had written part of like part of Kevin's. I was going to use in yours, like the opener. I was going to use at yours. You didn't have a, a tiered cake that I could see. So it screwed me up. Yeah. I, I was drunker at Kevin's than I remembered. <laughs> uh, Cause yeah. there was just stuff that's like came up and I was like, yeah, I don't remember like who I was talking, whatever. But anyways, it was a good time. Both, yeah. both good times. So you just got done watching the current bucks game. So I was peeking in and out, but we've been, recording since then so give me a breakdown give me a breakdown of game one of the season what was good yeah um i mean they started out strong bucks pretty much had the lead they were up pretty much the entire game until the fourth quarter um they were up by like 13 i want to say in the fourth quarter and then kind of let the other sixers back in had some terrible offense for a little bit just no ball movement didn't uh didn't set up any good plays, a couple blocks at the rim, and next thing you know, the Sixers are back in it. <clears throat> James Harden did really good in the fourth quarter, too, so that was that was a challenge. But, I mean, the Bucks felt like they were in control the whole time, even when it started to slip away, so I'm not going to complain too much, and ultimately they pull it out without a couple of their best players. So, overall, Yeah, I've seen. So Middleton was out? Yeah, Middleton and uh, Pat Connaughton, too, so two of those guys that, you know, would probably be in at the very end of the game. Um, definitely Middleton. They'll both be out, I think, uh, like two or three weeks or so. So hopefully get them back soon, but not too big of a loss at the moment. Yeah. No. And who who hit the big three at the end? 
I seen uh, uh, West West Matthews. Yeah, Grayson Allen drove towards the hoop. Didn't really have anywhere to go, but someone cheated off uh, Matthews and he was wide open, drilled it. Let out my first like scream of the year. Almost woke up Leo, but uh, otherwise, good. Worth it for that W. All right, so how we are going to lead you in other than that. So we want to get the, the initial Bucks game of the season, the opener out of the way, but we're going to do some Bucks trivia to see if you – you actually qualified to be the correspondent for the show. So you get your choice. There's 10 questions that I have, and you can either compete against Mike and you each get five questions, or you can take all 10 questions by yourself, but you have to get over seven, else you can't be the correspondent for the show. We'll just kick you right off, boot right. you out of the room. Uh, I got to take my chances against Mike, I think. All right. and That's probably since- a good idea. Since you are the guest, uh, and these are going to be multiple choice questions, so don't don't shoot right away. You got choices to choose from. So who do you want to go first? Since you're the away team, I'll let you pick, Kyle. Uh, I got I to go last. So All right. So, Mike, right off the bat, <clears throat> who was the first player in NBA history to finish a regular season in the top 20 in all five major statistical categories, total points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Was it Sidney Moncrief? Was it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Was it Giannis Antetokounmpo? Or was it Oscar Robinson? Robertson. Robertson. My bad. I didn't think Giannis was going to be on there, so I, like, I didn't anticipate him being in the options. I'm going to go with Oscar just because I know he's like a triple double king, right? So that's where I'm going with it. Uh, You are (laughs) wrong. Um, I don't think we're going to do stealing because I'll just uh, mix up the points. But Kyle, do you know who it was? That's the honest, right? Yep. Yeah. I feel like that was a thing the first time it happened. It's like, that's the only reason I know. All right. So (laughs) we're going to do stealing. So Kyle, you get the point there. (laughs) <laughs> uh, one, 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 nothing, Kyle. All right, Kyle, for your question, which buck was famous for his sky hook shot? So you did a good job picking, picking second. <laughs> All right. So I want to go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Two, nothing, Kyle. All right, Mike, you, you get a softball here. What is the name I'll of get the bucks? What is the name of the bucks official mascot? Is it bingo? Bango. 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 All right. So one to two, one to two. Kyle is still in the lead here. All right, Kyle, who holds the franchise record for most steals in a single game? Is it Elvin Robertson, Quinn Buckner, Eric Murdoch, or Sidney Moncrief? I'm going to go the first one, Elvin Robinson. And nailed it. So I didn't Jesus. know that one at all. I, mean, I, I was, don't even. I guess. don't know three of those players. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good, Kyle. So, someone remind. So, is it three to one, Kyle? Yeah, they're all. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> what is the Milwaukee Bucks' longest winning streak, Mike? Is it twenty-four games? Is it twenty games? Is it eighteen games? Or is it twenty-two games? I think it's so. There was three that were in the 20s. What was the first one that was in? This was 24, 22, and then 21. 20. 20. No. Okay. Uh, I, 
I'm going to go with 22. Just shoot it in the middle there. Uh, no. Kyle, you got it. 24? Uh, wrong. Both wrong. It was 20 games, guys. It was 20. All right. So no points were awarded there. Kyle is still up three to one, and it is his question. So which buck scored the most points in a single game? Was it Junior Brigman, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Red, or Giannis Antetokounmpo? I'm going to go with Michael Red. Nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. All right. So four to one. What's the number? Uh, 57. Wait. Okay. So in 2006, 2007, Michael Red had the best season of his career. He averaged 26 points per game. November 11th. So on Veterans Day, he did it for the veterans. Uh, he scored 57 points in an effort against the Utah Jazz to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's previous record of 55 points. Sorry, I got a little long with you guys there. All right, Mike, back to you. So it is four to one, Kyle. I think it's already wrapped up. Uh, who was the first player in franchise history to win six man of the year? Was it George Hill? Was it Tim Thomas, Quinn Buckner, or Ricky Pierce? I'm going to go with Tim Thomas just because that's the 90s. Those other two are probably much older than. Uh, wrong. Kyle, do you know who this is? Uh, Ricky Pierce. Ricky Pierce nailed it. Really? <laughs> Not only was Ricky Pierce the first Bucks player to win the sixth man of the year, he did it twice, 87 and 1990. All right, Kyle, for the win probably, but we'll we'll do all of them. <laughs> so Kyle's up five to one. Mike, you got one point. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I got one. All right. Thank Who holds the right. Who holds the franchise record for most blocked shots in a season? Is it Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Elmore Smith, or Larry Sanders? My boy, Larry Sanders. Uh, I'm going to go. I'll go go Kareem. Nailed it. 283 blocked shots. Yeah, that was a good guess because, like, that was the era of, like, just a crazy amount of stats well, yeah my only hesitation was i didn't know like when they started recording that as a stat but like i mean it's pretty obvious that's cream was good at it <laughs> all right mike you got another softball here which bucks <laughs> which bucks player was nicknamed the squid was it Al robertson Sidney <laughs> moncrief quinn buckner or brooke lopez Ah, oh, shit. I need you to name them again because it's All the right. one that Elvin, I know. Elvin Robertson, Sidney Moncrief, Quinn Buckner, or Brooke Lopez? I'm going to go with uh, the Quinn guy. Sid the Quinn Squid? Buckner. Sid the Squid? You think? No, I think it's. I still think it's Quinn. All right. It's not. Kyle, who do you think it is? Fuck. <laughs> Sidney Moncrief? Yeah. Sid the Squid. That's I wasn't when you were on that one. I, I thought it was, but then I, I don't know. I had doubt. I mean, it's just such an easy nickname. Like yeah. Sydney Moncrief, Sid the Squid. Like, what would it be? Alvin the Squid, Quinn the I Squid. I thought it was like a defensive thing. And wasn't that the guy that had all the steals? Maybe it was Alvin. 
that had all the steals. One of those. Yeah, two. it was. It was Alvin. I thought it was like a defensive thing. Like he had so many like limbs that it was tough to get by him. All right. Well, Kyle crushed it, but we'll <laughs> we'll see if Kyle goes. Whatever he went. So, how many how many first round draft picks did the Milwaukee or how many did they did Milwaukee have in nineteen seventy seven? First round. I'll say three. You didn't even get all the options and you nailed it. Three first round <laughs> picks. Yeah, Mike, you got your ass whooped. So we got our what was it, eight to one? Eight to one. Because we both missed one, right? Yeah. 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 And Kyle stole most of the ones uh uh that you got wrong. So good job, Kyle. I'm proud of you. I took that quiz before the show, and you did way better than me. I did get the Sid the Squid thing right. And it's not because I knew that it was Sid the Squid. But when I read Sidney Moncrief, I was like, Sid the Squid. Like, that makes too much sense for it to not. But whatever. Enough about me. Enough about how big of a genius I am. All right. Let's roll into the Bucks questions this year. So we're going we're gonna to start out with some, some heaters. So. Kyle, do you think this Bucks team is going to have a new era of glory this year? Uh, I think it'll be a continue, continued era of glory. Um, you know, there was a good chance last year if Middleton doesn't get hurt that they could have been in the finals, if not won the finals. Um, so I think they, they're well positioned to, to make another run at it and keep it going. And then do you think they're going to play some good D number sign this year? Yeah, uh, I'd say Giannis and Rick Lopez are obviously really good D number sign players. Um, they have really good team defense. They switched up some schemes this year to try and prevent some of the things that killed them against the Celtics in the playoffs, but they should have a good defense too. All right, I'll quit the inside jokes. So uh, we'll start. This is the actual first question. So those first two, I was just jabbing at Kyle there. He knows what it means. You probably yeah. don't. And I actually know a couple of you guys know what it is. So, so I guess I like to start with the bad news first. So, wh- what do you think? Like as a team, we lost from last year, or something that you think this Bucks team might be worse at than than they were last year? Yeah, I mean, I think in total, we didn't really lose a whole lot. I, I think they they're another year older. You've got some players starting to get older. The, the core with. With Drew and Middleton are a year older, and Middleton's kind of been susceptible to injury recently. Like, obviously, he missed big time in the playoffs last year, and then over the summer had a, I think it was like a hand surgery or something. So, like, I think there's just a lot more injury risk. Brooks getting older, too, although he looked pretty good tonight. Um, so I think that's kind of just the biggest year-over-year loss. Um, you know, I think they kept the core together. They re-signed Pat and Bobby and didn't really lose anyone. So. I think that's probably the biggest injury risk is my concern, I would say, and just getting to the playoffs healthy and being able to perform there. Yeah, it was pretty crazy when I tuned in today because, yeah, I completely blocked out the Bucks offseason. But I was like, yeah, there's not a player on this team that I don't remember. Like Norwell looked like he was getting some more minutes than, than he was last year. But I guess if Middleton and Connington were out, that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, it even looks like our bench looks fairly familiar. So I guess from that question, uh, which you kind of answered, but so what, what, what do you think we gained this year? What do you think this team will be better at uh, 
than it was last year. Yeah. I mean, the, the big acquisition in the offseason was Joe Ingles, who's still recovering from ACL, I think is what it was. Um, so they knew he wasn't going to be back at the start of the year, but he will be back at some point, hopefully before the All-Star break. But, I mean, he brings shooting and defense toughness. He should be a good playmaker with, with Giannis. Um, so if he's able to be healthy and be what he used to be for the Jazz, I mean, I think he can definitely help. And, and I think otherwise, too, just getting getting Bobby and Pat back on relatively good deals and um, not losing everything, you know, no real no real turnover. They're going to be more, more cohesive. I think they also get Javon Carter. He didn't really play a lot in the playoffs last year, but he's, he looked good during the season. And tonight I thought he looked good. He made a couple of plays, a couple of steals, and just good defense. So I think if they get him involved more, they can potentially have another guy that can fill in when someone like Grayson Allen or is struggling, um, get someone else on the floor. Yeah. I seen one play with Grayson Allen today and it was like a turnover. And I was like, ah, I don't want to be that guy that's piling on him already. But yeah, Joe Ingles looks like another good guy to bring in. It just seems like we're built to beat. Not that Golden State was like the team that they were when they were like just rolling. But, like, this team looks like it was built to beat a Golden State team with, like, tall perimeter defenders, like, that can defend the three and shoot the three. But that's my little take on it because I can't remember. I looked it up once we got Joe Ingles, but he shoots pretty well from three, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good shooter. Um, Yeah, he brings pretty much anything you want from that position, three and D and – like I said, it. I I know a little bit less about some of the schematic stuff, but from what I've heard, that he'd be good at some of the running some plays that would Giannis could take advantage of, and um, that he should be good. I mean, the biggest concern is if he just comes back slower and less healthy. And I think nowadays with ACL stuff too, people seem like they come back pretty well. So like, I, I think I mean, we'll see. I guess I forget how old he is. He's some somewhere in the mid thirties probably, but he's thirty five. Um, he's born yeah, October second. So just had a birthday. Nice. So yeah, plays older, but if you get anything out of him, I think that's better than than nothing. There weren't really a lot of guys available either that they could have picked up. So I think uh, hopefully a worthy shot. Yeah, it did good with what was out there. All right, so that's kind of like our in in inner focus, I guess. There. So just looking around the league a little bit. So we'll start in the East. So like in the East, what do you got? Like, is it going to be the usual suspects, the Celtics, uh, the Nets, maybe the Heat? What who do you think is going to be the toughest out there? Yeah, I think, I still think the Celtics, even with their coach being out now, like I think they're still kind of the, the biggest challenger to the Bucs in the East. I, I, they just match up really well. They obviously beat them. I mean, they were shorthanded without Middleton, but um, I don't know. Tatum's Tatum's good. I I wish he wasn't. Uh, like I always kind of kind of a hater of Tatum and and Marcus Smart especially just with all the flopping and whatnot. But um, but I mean they're 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 a good team. They got got all the right pieces. Uh, they got Malcolm Brogdon now too, which they got him for like nothing, and he'll probably come off the bench. And you know he's a starting caliber player. So um, they they definitely got better other than their coach being out. So that's kind of the wild card, I guess. Um, I would say the six people are talking about the Sixers as a potential challenger, and I just I don't see it. 
with Embiid getting hurt all the time. And, and Harden looked good tonight, but I don't know. He's, he's getting older too. And PJ Tucker is a great pickup by them, but I don't know. He can't possibly be as impactful as he is like for another year. And maybe he will, I don't know. But I'm I'm less worried about the Sixers. Um so I'd say Celtics probably the biggest one. Yeah, when I flipped on the game today and seen PJ Tucker out there, I was like, oh, I miss that guy. But then, like, just some of the lack of athleticism that he has now, like, I, I, he's playing purely with his mind out there now. It's just being like a smart yeah. guy, knowing where to go. But yeah, it didn't look like he had much bounce left at all. Even even when he was with the Bucks a couple of years ago, he was more of a like past player, right? He's a guy yeah. that gets in your hip pocket and bothers you the whole game. It's not that he's more athletic than like most of these players. It's that he just bothers you until it like you start getting frustrated and then you don't play as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, he, and he still can do all that stuff too. Right. I mean, again, worry if he gets injured or, um, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like kind of, kind of a Tom Brady in football where it's like, okay, you can't possibly keep being good. Like at some point it's going to come off and, and PJ Tucker is nowhere near that level of player, but like, you know, if he's getting picked up three years from now and um, another one year deal by another team, like, I don't know, it's got to stop at some point. So they, they don't worry me that much um, or relatively speaking. I mean, the heat, I think the bucks had their number last time they played in the playoffs and I don't think they're much better. Um, the nets are always scary. I think just having Durant even with Kyrie and Ben Simmons being inconsistent. I don't know. I think they, it's hard to say they could totally fall apart or you can convince me that they'll be in the Eastern conference Finals. So um, that's kind of how I view the East. There's a couple other scrappy teams like the Cavs at Donovan Mitchell this year, and they have a couple of young guys that are really good, but I don't think they're ready. And I'm not, unless I'm forgetting someone, I think those are the big players here. Yeah, I forgot about the Cavs, but yeah, that, that Cavs team last year. Who who was the was it a rookie on the team that was uh, Evan Mobley uh, was really good uh, for them. I can't remember if he was a rookie. I think he was a rookie two years ago. Okay, um, but I mean, he he had a great year last year, and he, he's a good young player. Um, I forget who their guards are, um, or who else they have that's good. But they just have like a really well rounded team that's like young and scrappy, and I, I could see them playing better, especially having Mitchell now, but. Like they just seem like they're not, they wouldn't be in the mix yet. I wouldn't think. Yeah. No. I, and it seems like a fairly easy answer, but yeah, who, who knows who the dark horse is going to be this year, but that's covering the East. So if we head out to the West, who is the team? We'll, we'll just make you pick one team. What team do you think is going to come out of the West? If you had to pick a team. This I think I, I would just go with the Warriors just by default. I think they're the champions. They still have Curry who's playing well. You know, plays maybe back longer now with healthy and able to play better. The whole Draymond Green punching thing, kind of their wild card, but I don't know. I feel like they're a good team and they can work through that kind of stuff. And not like he, he wasn't even playing at a high level for chunks of the playoff last year anyway. He did kind of turn it on uh, at some point, but uh, they've got a lot of young guys too, like uh, Poole and Looney, and um, even James Wiseman's like a young guy who who can step up and potentially play some minutes. And they don't really need him to be in a big role, but I think I think they're well positioned. Um, I don't really feel strongly about the other teams. I feel like 
you know, the Suns had flaws last year. The Mavs had a good offense, but I don't know if they're good defensively. The the Clippers, you know, you always worry about Kawhi getting hurt or Paul George. Like they've, they're a really deep team, so I mean, they could be a threat. But I would just go with the Warriors as the safe bet. I think. Yeah. yeah, if I had to pull one out of my ass, I was going to say the Clippers. Like I just, I just think with the construction of that team, I, I guess just because of Kawhi Leonard, that would be the only thing that I would see is that there would be a dark horse. And, but you did make a good point. I keep forgetting that the Warriors reloaded so well and have Looney and Poole already. They yeah. just took our boy from Pat Baldwin Jr. is going to be over there. Uh, uh, yeah. Milwaukee local. Yeah. They have a Dante now too. Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, geez. They got him out. I don't know that he'll play much, but yeah, they, they didn't really lose much. I think Gary Payton Jr. But, other than that, they kept everyone together. Um, and you just, I guess, same, same way with everyone. Just guys are getting older, so injuries. But I think they're, they're, they're good. So, All right. I like it. And then our last question for you. So Vegas put the Bucks win total at 52 and a half. Are we going to go over or are we going to go under? A hammer the over. Bucks. All them suckers that dealt. <laughs> The Bucks winning under 52 games can eat these shorts. Yeah, I mean, I can see like Giannis turning another gear, like just being pissed off about last year. Another year better in his prime, like going gunning for another MVP. Um, you know, I think the team's going to get healthier. I think they're they're well constructed. They they don't, they don't take a lot of nights off. You know, generally speaking, so. They should be at least very close to that, and I think they'll they'll be a few games over. Yeah, I feel like that number seems like pretty easy for this Bucks team, and I guess I kind of did want to get into it, so I'm gonna hold you up a little bit more. But like, what did you think about how Giannis spent his off season? Because, like you said, they they don't take a night off because Giannis is their leader, and that guy doesn't take a night off. But he didn't doesn't seem like he took a night off even in the summer playing over in Europe, whatever he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. He played in Eurobasket and they made like the Greece. I can't remember what round they were out in, but they made like the elimination rounds. And I mean, it's solely because of him. They don't really have a talented team. Maybe a couple of his brothers are on the team, but um, no, I, I like that a lot. I, I think, you know, I don't think it was like a huge time commitment or like a huge, you know, if anything kept him in game shape and they still had a couple of days off in between games and, I mean, selfishly, it was nice, like, being able to scroll Twitter and get highlights on my phone, like, randomly in the summer. Like, oh, yeah, Giannis is really good at basketball. And um, I, he's continued to work really well on things. Like, he he pulled up from three tonight. His first three was, like, just looked super smooth. He's done this before, though, and then starts breaking him. So, I don't know if he's there yet. But, I I mean, I don't know. I'm encouraged he, that he's going to continue to be a better shooter and just keep on working at those little things. So, yeah, it, his work ethic doesn't surprise me, and it wouldn't surprise me if he takes it to another level. So, uh, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for, too, obviously. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that guy so much. I, I already know in my head if, like, Greece in the Olympics, like, ran into the United States, I would 100% be cheering for Greece. <laughs> like, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. No, that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool, especially, too, if it was like, matched up against Holiday Middleton and – uh, his teammates. All right. Do you got anything else for us? 
Uh, no, no, I need to get caught up on some pods too, just because get you guys some viewership numbers. But uh, I'm sure this episode is going to do numbers though, just me being on it and having my network of dedicated Bucks fans. Hell yeah. That's why we, that's why we brought you on. Let me, uh, I, I got to get on uh, Mike's Twitter strategy, although it hasn't been as annoying as he was a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it was i i can imagine that it would have been just brutal to watch my twitter uh, uh <laughs> stuff going on like if like, who the hell is I this guy? all back friday like what is this like i don't know where there's yeah. 50 retweets in a row it's fine yeah it was it would have probably been a mess you definitely shouldn't have been like having my alerts on for sure <laughs> um mike what what are your followership up to right now i'm at like 5500 which See, is what I've been at for it works though. a long time. Yeah. yeah, but they don't engage for nothing. I could put like anything on there and they just one person. Just right. Pat. You got like caught it. into a stray uh conversation, Kyle. But thank you <laughs> for coming on. You're our new books correspondent. So we're probably gonna have you on a couple more times this year, but I'll give you a heads up and great work. Yeah, appreciate thank it, Kyle. Coming on. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, that was our interview with our new Bucks correspondent and Bucks expert, Kyle Roberto Anderson. Don't forget the name. So, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, so I think we like he's got pretty plugged into what the Bucks are up to, and like has a pretty good like he's. A, He's wrapped up in like how they're going to do what they're going to do. He's paying attention every week. I think that that's something we need with the Bucks for sure, right? Yeah. So I might catch a game or two a month, right? I'm not going to engage with two or three games a week, and I think it, Kyle's going to help us stay on track with that. So. Yeah, no, and I don't know how committed he is. I told him about our uh, 401k match. He seemed pretty excited about, about that. Well, he's an accountant, so you know, it makes <laughs> sense. So, so yeah, we'll see if we can get him on. Like, I don't even know. I'm not even going to throw out a number there. But, yeah, he stays plugged right. in the box. He's one of those weirdos that likes the NBA more than the NFL, which just absolutely blows my mind. But it is nice to have someone on like that. And, and like you said, I can't bucks. Are, luckily bucks are on national TV a lot, but I already no, buy yeah. that. Yeah. I buy the MLB ticket. I buy the NFL ticket or whatever they are called um, to watch the brewers and the Packers. And I, I just, one day I probably will buy the basketball one, but I'm just not quite there yet with as much as they're on national TV. So I think we're going to yeah. try to do a better job this year too, about, you know, we'll we'll pay attention to the Bucks, but we'll be honest with you. Not that we weren't in the past, but they, they slide through the cracks with us. And it, same with yeah. the Brewers. So yeah. it's mainly, you know, Packers, Badgers. We lock into Brewers in the summer. And that's what we got for you. But that being said, let's get to the Badger preview here quick. So Watch this week as five and two Purdue or the five and two Purdue Boilermakers travel to Madison, Wisconsin to compete against the three and four Badgers on Saturday at 2.30 Central Time. I even changed the time for all of you people that actually listen. In addition to seeking 
uh, five straight wins for Purdue. So Purdue's on a five-game winning streak or a four-game winning streak, looking to make it five. Uh, they're hoping to beat the Badgers for the first time in the last 15 meetings. Yeah, no, I I saw that today, and it blew me away. So the last time Purdue has got a win against Wisconsin was in Wisconsin in 2003, and they beat the Badgers 26 to 23. So I knew there was teams in the Big Ten that we had their number, but I did not realize we had Purdue by the tail like this. Um, but yeah, that that was the mind blowing stat for me. Uh, but anyways, I'm just going to get into like a little team comparison. Uh, so I'm just going to roll through Purdue. So if people aren't familiar with uh, Purdue football this year, they're actually a fairly solid team. So we'll start with their offense, which is the 36 ranked offense in the country. They uh, average 447 yards per game. A run offense, though, not so good. Uh, 90th in the country, 133 yards per game. They did have their lead back go down early in the year, and I think that was King Duru was his name, but uh, they had a redshirt freshman, uh, Devin Maccabee, step up. And he's been having a pretty good year uh, since since King went down. Uh, Passing offense is actually really good this year. Uh, They're 16th in the country. Average 13 or 313 yards per game through the air. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell is having a great season so far. Uh, he's thrown the ball for 1,950 yards, 14 TDs, and only five picks. Also, that, uh, I guess, with that, uh, they have a receiver, Charlie Jones, who's a senior who just stepped up this year. It's crazy watching. If you look at his stats throughout his career, like he's blown, like at this point in the season, he's just blown everything out of the water. So that's Charlie Jones. uh, And he has 62 receptions, 735 yards and nine touchdowns already on the season. So pretty explosive passing offense. And I mean, as you've seen games, it's something to keep in mind because it looks like if you can throw the ball, the Badgers, if there's one area you can exploit us, then, I mean, there's multiple areas you can exploit this Badgers team, but they can pass the ball well. So that could bode badly for the Badgers, but we'll hop over their defense. So total defense this year, they're 40th in the country, allowing 349 yards per game. Uh, Run defense is really good this year. So 17th in the country, only allowing 100 yards per game. Uh, Just have a solid front seven, and they get some safeties that can tackle too. I was looking at for like, oh, I want to be able to like single out a player on their defense. But just across the board, like guys tackle pretty well for them. And I was like, this must be, when I looked at the stats before I looked at the team stats, I was like, they can't have that good of a run defense because their top two tacklers are their safeties, but they're only allowing a hundred yards per game. Their safeties have the most tackles on their team. And then everybody across their front seven, like linemen and stuff just are all like 25, 25, 25, 25. So just, just a solid front seven. And then 
pass defense wise, uh, not quite as good. They're 91st in the country, giving up 248 yards per game. Uh, but like I said, they have some good safety. So safety Cam Allen, uh, he has three interceptions this year and a TD. Uh, secondary as a whole is pretty opportunistic. They have 10 picks this year. And I mean, I assume everybody that's listening has been watching a decent amount of Badger football. So Badger football, like I'm like, we're getting interceptions all the time this year. Like the Badgers are picking the ball off and compared to the Badgers. So the Badgers have 11 interceptions. So this Purdue team is one behind them. And like I said, watching the Badgers, I'm like, we, it seems like we're getting interceptions out the ass. Uh, And then just for special teams, they got a pretty good kicker. Uh, Mitchell Finneran, we'll call him. Finerin, it's Finerin. Uh, but anyways, he's solid. 27 of 29 extra points. Uh, what was it? eight of 11 from, uh, from the field, I guess you could say, but he's six for six within 40. Uh, so they, they can kick, they can kick a field goal. Uh, unlike it seems like a lot of college teams this year, but last time the Boilermakers beat the Badgers, Kyle Orton was a junior. I was wondering that. So Mike looked that up. Good job. Mike. Yeah. So I, I think that's what happened. And then like his senior year, they should have beat the Badgers again. And the Badgers like forced a fumble on him late in the game, right? Like with like a minute and a half left in the game or something like that. Yep. I'll never forget that game. Cause I think it was yep. like Chris Stark was the cornerback that hit him. Cause it, I want to say it was like one of the, it was like one of the epic plays. Like they kind of like windmilled them like John Elway. I mean, it wasn't going into the end zone or anything, but no. on the field. Lost it went in, I think it might've went into our end zone, honestly. Like it we did. get at a touchdown. From it. Yeah. But I got, it was a scoop and score though. And I think it was like a pretty big scoop and score, like a 55 yard fumble recovery okay. return. But yeah. And like I said, I expect that you guys all did the reading for this week and you've watched Wisconsin football all year. Um, you know, our past game isn't great. It's been hit or miss. So, well, so something that's scary to me is that they have 10 picks and Graham Mertz probably has 14, right? He's probably got just a boatload of them. So probably going to have a couple more this weekend. Yeah, no, you'd be surprised. Like, I was trying to shit on Graham Mertz, and I'm sorry, Graham. I know you're probably a good dude deep down inside. but Well, he's probably a good human. He just doesn't play good football at this level. No, yeah, no, and I agree. But like I said, you'd be kind of surprised because he's got 15 touchdowns on the year and only six interceptions to go with those 15 touchdowns, which just doesn't seem right. I think they missed a few. I think they missed a few. It doesn't seem right, but he's he's been actually like if you're just looking at the numbers, he's been playing all right this year. But I guess okay. if you take out the Northwestern game, and he just has moments where you're like, maybe he could be the guy. Maybe he could be the guy, and that's why he definitely think, shows flashes. Yeah, and that's why I think like I think no matter what, you just keep him one more year as. I mean, yeah. 
you can't just move on from a guy where like, okay, we're going to give you two years to feel it out. And then your junior and senior year, you know, those are going to be the years we're going to put games in your hands to go out and win them for us. Um, which as you can see by our three and four record hasn't, hasn't been the case. And yeah, it hasn't done, hasn't done the trick for us this year, but, but yeah, the things that strike me in this game that scare me in this game is sure. Purdue's defense isn't very good against the pass, but we're not a very good passing team. I mean, DK or Shimmeray DK is coming on strong. Um, Skylar Bell's looked pretty good. So it, and like a, other of our receivers has, have shown some flashes of stuff, but they are a really good run defense. So basically everything we do well, they do well on the opposite side of the ball. So we run the ball well. Well, they stop the run well. Uh, they pass the ball well. Well, we we are not the best pass defense. So our pass defense is 51st in the country, uh, giving up 216 yards per game. So pretty much it just looks like a bad matchup for the Badgers on paper to me. And um, I should know the line. I'm pretty sure the Badgers are two and a half point favorites at home. So, I mean, they, they probably should be, I'm not going to, they should the be dogs here. Yeah. Yeah. It almost seems like it, doesn't it? They should be dogs. So maybe this is like a positive note that everybody who's looking at this, the, what Wisconsin's been doing, which is not performing. And then what Purdue has been doing, which is performing. And they're looking at records. Everybody's like, well, these guys are dogs in a game against Wisconsin where Wisconsin should be the dogs and not got to go for Purdue. So maybe it's just a, a trick line out of Las Vegas. They know something we don't and the Badgers are going to stop them. I think so. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you hammered that is I think if you look at everything that I looked up leading to this week, it tells you that Purdue is going to come out and win this game. But Vegas, hopefully they know something that I don't know. Because, yep. yeah, like I said, like we just don't match up good against them. And they match up great against us. So they can and, sling and the so, ball around and they can stop the run. So. So the safeties being the best tacklers on the Boilermakers team, I think you look at that and you say, you know, uh, that's weird. Like that shouldn't happen. They shouldn't be that good against the run. But that if they are good against the run, that means their safeties are coming into the box a lot, it, leaving like a one high or zero high, right? Like their corners have to play differently because of that. If you're bringing all those guys down – down into the box to stop the run. And maybe that's team specific, right? They played teams that are similar to the Badgers, like uh, Iowa, who can't throw the ball either. Like maybe that's why they've done these things. I don't know. Like, I don't know like which teams they've played and like the scheme that they need to set up, but they're probably going to do the same thing against the Badgers. So the Badgers have to go over the top on them. Otherwise we're not going to be able to do anything at all. And yeah. you have to probably go over the top in the first quarter, probably two or three times just to set those safeties back where they're, where they should be. Yeah. 
Exactly. But yeah, just taking a quick look at their schedule. Um, so they, they have two losses on the season to two pretty good teams though. So Penn state, I know they're in the top 25. I can't remember exactly where they are, but they lost. They're like 11. They just lost last week, but like they were 11 before that. Yeah. So they lost to them 35 to 31 and then Syracuse as well, which I want to say Syracuse is ranked ranked high too. And they lost to Syracuse 29 to 32. So both their losses aren't bad. Um, yeah, honestly, some of their wins are just worse than some of our, like they beat Nebraska 43 to 37. So, and Maryland 31 to 29. So I said, honestly, like their worst games on their schedule looks like to me is like the teams they didn't beat by enough, but yeah. But yeah, we'll sum this up real quick and. I'm just going to be redundant again and just say I think this Purdue team matches up well against Wisconsin. Um, but since I'm a hopeless optimist for my Wisconsin sports teams, I'm going to say Wisconsin covers this game and wins it 22 to 21, we'll say. I don't know how it's going to get there, but it's going to be a one-point game. 28-13, Badgers, they're going to just hold them to nothing. Defense is going to decide that they're willing to play again. I like it, Mike. I like how I think I'm the more optimistic one, and you just <laughs> you just prove me wrong every single, <laughs> every single day. So from there, we will hop into our Packers preview, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, Mike. But I got the stats up. All right, so. Um, Basically, what we're running into is a Washington Commanders team that is like isn't performing very well, right? So they're two and four. I guess it's only one game off what the what the Packers are, but their wide receiving room is a little dinged up. Uh, they have good wide receivers: uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson is out, I believe, for this weekend. Um, their starting quarterback is out, and they'll be playing. Uh, is it Taylor Heineke or Tyler Heineke? Taylor. Joe Heineke. It's Joe Heineke. I got oh, it. Yeah. Joe. Joe Heineke. Uh, so it's Taylor. Um, they're playing the backup uh, quarterback, which gives us an opportunity, I think, to really like play really good defense. Now Heineke has been a starter in this league for you know a year plus right so he had a few games his rookie year and then or maybe it wasn't his rookie year but he had a few games two years ago and then he basically started the entire year for Washington last year and he's just definitely a serviceable quarterback he gets some weapons there the running game has two maybe three decent backs now that Robinson is back but they have Gibson Robinson and I want to say McKissick J.D. McKissick, and so they have weapons on their offense. They just aren't putting that together. Uh, They only score like 17 points a game where they allow their opponents to get 22. So their defense does seem to be better than their offense. they got a pretty good front seven, feels like, but not really holding anybody 
down really hard. And like they played the Bears who scored seven, which is going to, especially early in the season, it's going to pull that number pretty far down. Right. So, and they get like, that's one of their wins is the Bears. I guess that's one of the Packers wins too, is just the Bears. Right. So that's uh, getting the low hanging fruit. They're winning against the teams that they should be winning against. Yeah, and that's nice. I didn't even think of that, but like bringing up a lateral opponent like that, like the Packers crushed the Bears. They could have lost to the Bears on Thursday night. So that makes me yeah, and so better. Yeah, and so that like that feels like a Thursday nights are always kind of weird because it's a short turnaround and you never really understand what's going to happen there. However, right, so when you go in to face a bad team on a Thursday night, you should be able to kind of stomp on that team. Right, yeah. because they have the short time to prepare as well. Um, and just kind of glancing at the stats and not digging into them too much. Uh, when it comes to team statistics, Washington underperforms their opponents basically across the board. Like there's almost nothing that they're doing better than their opponents. Um, maybe a few rushing statistics, but for the most part, they are not competing well on the statistic side against the opponents that they pull up now. And then they got opponents like the bears who probably didn't do anything positive in that game. Not that Washington did, but they should, right. A, a real pro team that isn't the Bears should like be able to kind of dominate them. I'm, I'm surprised the bears have really produced any real wins this year. Um, Anyway, when it comes down to I'm talking too much about the Bears, when it's a uh, Commanders versus the Packers game, I think that the Packers defense has a opportunity to play aggressively again, and I think that the offense has an opportunity to put some string some stuff together and really put together a, a complete positive game where we've it's been a long time since we put together an entire game that looked really, really smooth. Maybe, maybe week two against the bears, right? Yep. Yeah, no. And yeah, you make good points there. I definitely think the Packers need to use this game as like kind of a test, like what we're doing right now isn't working. So we need to feed our running backs. This is Patrick's Monday quarterback opinion. Uh, On Thursday. Yeah. And we just need to, feed our backs more and we need to be more aggressive because what we are doing right now is not good. I want to say I read a stat that Malafleur as a head coach is 37 and one when the Packers have forced a turnover. And I don't, I can't even remember what the number is, but I want to say it's like we forced three or four turnovers so far. Well, no, it couldn't be. Oh, I guess we our, had two in one game, but our interception numbers are one. Yeah, yeah. So we have not. It's not. It's not acceptable. Yeah, no. And and I guess if I gotta pump pump some tires, well, whatever. I'll stick with the Packers real quick. But yeah, we we need to change how we're running things. We need to acknowledge that our run game is going to have to lead the way at least until all of our receivers are healthy. Um, and then on defense, yeah, definitely need to see some more blitzes, see some more man coverage, see, see some different looks. Cause Joe Barry's got to know at this point, 
now I'm confused if his name's Joe or not. Uh, <laughs> but but Mike's just been like gaslighting me this whole time. <laughs> but but to see if he uh, if he can change it up a little bit, and then if I shift gears to uh, Washington they're just not a good team. Like, I think the one thing they do well is get after the quarterback. So I guess that could be the thing that, that does the Packers in if, if they can't get their shit together is if our offensive line has a game like they have or that they had last week, I guess I could see the Packers get into trouble, but I do not think that will happen again. And I think the Packers take care of business fairly easy in this one but and i would just like to i'm going to put out a public service announcement to directed directly at uh, matt lafleur just give aaron jones the ball 20 times please 20 just hand the ball to him 20 times if he gets a couple passes on top of that i'm okay with it 20 times i don't care if he's rushing for 0.01 yards a carry i don't give a shit give him the ball he's the most electric player on our team he needs the ball in his hands more often I like it. All right, Mike, you got anything else? Uh, Packers, I think it's four and a half Packers cover. Yeah, I I just pulled it up and it's five. Oh, no, I just looked at like what you put down and it's five. So maybe, maybe it did shift to four and a half. Okay. We are going to pick the game at five points, though. Um, but yes. It so, don't matter. Yeah, from the Packers preview, we are going to go into the Bing Bong Challenge. And all the Bing Bong Challenges, so we put 100 bing bongs which is our currency we use on banging on the drum on every game and if we win we get 100 if we lose there's 10 percent juice we lose 110 and long story short whoever loses at the end of the season has to shotgun a sun drop run a 10k <clears throat> in a shirt that the winner picks so winner picks the loser's shirt and then at the end of the race you do a shoey so dump a beer into your shoe and chug it and then you smoke three cigarettes and you are good to go but we are going to try to roll through this pretty fast because with our interview today we're going to be we're going to be pushing pushing some limits so mike let's actually this is what we'll do so saints at the cardinals we both picked the cardinals um i don't looking good right now 34 17 35 24 is what i got so Okay. We are still up 35-24. So anyways, we both picked the Cardinals. We're both looking good. Um, Packers at Commanders. Packers are minus five. We both always take the Packers. There's no there's no wavering. We're never eating shorts when it comes to the Packers. But I will let Mike lead off now. So we have the Falcons at the Bengals, and the Bengals are minus six and a half. What do you got, Mike? Minus six and a half. I think this is a huge number for this game, and so I'm going to go roll with the Bengals minus six and a half because I don't understand why this isn't closer after the Falcons did to the 49ers what they did. So I think Vegas knows something and they're trying to get me to bite on taking the Falcons. I agree with you 100%. I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. I think the Falcons kind of overperformed. The ball kind of bounced their way in that 49ers game and they forced three turnovers. So I don't think that's going to happen against the Bengals. Uh, next, we have the Lions at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus seven, 
And I'm going to go with the Lions. And to a similar point as Mike is, I just don't think the line's big enough for the Cowboys. I think if they put the Cowboys at minus 10, I would have took the Cowboys. But I, as dumb as it sounds, that's why I'm going with the Lions. And, and I also do think the Lions will bounce bounce back a little. And I think the Cowboys early in the season, uh, right in, dang, now I can't even think of the name Cooper Rush, uh, were a little a little hot, and I think they're coming back down to earth a little bit. So I think this game will level out. I think the Cowboys win, but I think it's within seven. Yeah, so I'm taking the Cowboys. Uh, I think that Dak Prescott's got to, got to prove that he should be the guy here. And so he should be back this week, and I'm expecting him to – I'm expecting the Cowboys offense to really be rolling. Okay. I didn't even realize Dak was back. So I'm going to stick with my pick, but I did not realize that. And I like my pick even more now. All right. So next game we have <laughs> is the Colts at the Titans. The Titans are minus two and a, two and a half at home. Who you got, Mike? So I'm taking the Titans. It does feel like the Colts are starting to roll. I don't know if they're going to be super effective without their top two running backs. And so I think the Titans hand it to Henry do what they should do all the time and just kind of roll through this one. I don't know if this game will be pretty or not, but I think yeah. the Titans get the win. Yeah. Is Jonathan Taylor back this week? I don't think so. I think they're both still out, but I could be wrong. Okay. For some reason, him I and thought, Hyde, him and Hyde. he could be back. I mean, I don't, I'm not positive. So. Yeah. I thought Jonathan Taylor was coming back in this one. So I'm going with the Colts and I'm going to go with the double dog. And that is mainly because I'm stubborn and I picked the Colts to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl to show you how smart I am. All right. Next game we have is the Buccaneers at the Panthers and the Buccaneers are minus 11 on the road. And I like it. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. So I like the Buccaneers too. This is a huge line, but I think the Panthers are just a straight dumpster fire. Oh yeah. There's, there's something horribly wrong there but that being said though there's something pretty wrong uh in Buccaneers country if 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 they're losing to the Steelers um I guess it is their last game was in Pittsburgh but whatever (coughs) next game we have are is the Giants at the Jaguars and the Jaguars are minus three at home who you got Mike so I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking them as my double dog. I think they're actually good, and people are seeing this is like the opposite of my uh, maybe like the Bengals pick or whatever. It's the opposite of that for me. That um, Vegas is trying to trick me into taking the Jaguars for some reason. But I think I've learned the Giants. I've learned. You just see the lines how you see the lines. Not you. I'm not that, talking about that, you no. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But it's just, it's just <laughs> well, you, you are. See. But like in a general sense as well. Yeah. But anyways, I'm going to go with the Jaguars in this game because I just, yeah, I don't got a good reason for you guys. I think the Jaguars are a decent team. And I think the Giants are a decent team um, that's been playing above their head. But we'll we'll see. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't got a good reason for that one. I just got a feeling. I got a tingling in that one. So next game we have is Browns at the Ravens. Ravens are minus six and a half. And I am going to go with the Ravens 
because I think the Browns are bad and I think the Ravens are pretty damn good. So I think uh, I'm a, I would agree with that. There's no way I would take the Browns here as my double dog. I think the Ravens win this game, but I think the Ravens let the Browns back into it late. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hold on to that. So Mike Mike sees they're doing it every freaking week, man. Yeah, no, you were you weren't wrong last week. You you pegged them. You pegged them hard last week. <laughs> but but yeah, you you'll see if you listen to the show enough. Mike grabs something. I, he's gonna say there's a Chargers game that we got coming up that we're gonna pick, and I'm sure I'm sure there's a reference you've heard before in it. But anyways, Jets. At the Broncos, Broncos are minus one at home. And I'll let you lead off, Mike. Uh, so I'm going to take the the Broncos here. Um, I'm not positive why, just maybe the Jets going across, across the country. And I expect the Broncos to get better at some point. I thought they were going to be a plus team, even though, like, I want to hate them real bad. I yeah. assume they would be good. And I... I still feel like they're going to turn a corner at some point. And I, I guess in my brain, I think the jets are still bad and I don't know that either of those things are going to be true. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with the jets. Um, I think that Broncos team is just a little, um, disoriented. It's not even the right word, but like discombobulated almost like, yeah. Uh, but anyways, picking the jets here contradicts all the picks that I picked previously in the show so if i told you my reason for picking the jets you'd be like well that's the reason you didn't pick the giants but that's that's what we'll go i just think the broncos have more issues than that are on the surface even uh next this is another one they're they're begging you to take the jets though right i don't think so see that's that's where i see okay as the line you see the line how you see the line i i think they're begging you to take the broncos Cause I think people are still holding out faith in the Broncos, but that's me. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, yeah, that's me too. I, but I'm just going to go with the jets. Cause I think they're tricking me. Uh, Texans at the Raiders. Raiders are minus seven. Who you got Mike. So I'm, I'm going to take the Texans. I expect them to keep this close and not win here. Right. Yeah. So I think the Raiders get another win, but I think the Texans keep this game close enough. Yeah, I, Seven, could, I think it's a pretty big line. I could see that. And right right now is the contradiction. Because like I'm I'm in the Raiders camp where I think the Raiders are going to get things back on track. Yeah. Uh where I also think there's there's more issues there than are just on the surface. But anyways, I'm gonna go with the yep. Raiders. I think the Raiders should be a good team, could be a good team, but have not been a good team yet this year. So next game we have is Seahawks at the Chargers, and the Chargers are minus six. And I am going to go with the Chargers. Same, 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 same. I think the Chargers are a better team than they've played. I think the Seahawks are a worse team than that they've played. And I'm just hoping I'm not a complete idiot. And if the Seahawks win this one, I think I got to start giving them some credit but I'm not giving them credit yet. Yeah. So I'm in that same boat. I don't like the chargers. I mean, so Pat called it right off the jump that chargers is coming up. I'm going to say something about the Chargers. I don't like them, but I do think that they're better than the Seahawks. And I think that that is a, 
bias that's been happening since the beginning of the season is that I think the Chargers were going to be good and the Seahawks were going to be bad. And so that's what I'm gambling on right here. Me too. All right. So Chiefs are minus two and a half at the 49ers. And Mike, I'm going to let you go first. So I'm taking the Niners here, uh, surprisingly enough, off of a loss from the Chiefs. This actually seems kind of stupid now that I'm looking at it. I did these things last night, I think. And now that I'm looking at it, I don't like the 49ers pick, but I'm going to stick with it because I think at home, the 49ers are a different thing. And on the road, the Chiefs are a different thing. So it's going to stick with the 49ers. Yeah, I think if this isn't a trap, I don't know what is a trap. But but I am kind of surprised. So Mike put his picks in pretty clever, so I couldn't see what his picks were. And not because I would look at Mike's picks and take them, but if you see somebody else's information, you know, it just skews your opinion. And that's and I, kind of why I did it, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that, oh, I'm going to skew them completely, but. Yeah. No, but. I'm surprised we both went 49ers with this one. So I'm going to 49ers as well. All right. Next game, Steelers at the Dolphins. Dolphins are minus seven. And I'm going to go with the Dolphins. You told me two was back. Yeah, I, I believe two was back this yeah, year, uh, this week. Sure. Yep. And uh, the blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. The Steelers found that thing last week. He probably doesn't find one two weeks in a row. Yeah, especially traveling to Miami. I feel like Miami's been yep. pretty good at home this this year so far. All right, last game of the week. We have the Bears at the Patriots, and the Patriots are minus seven and a half. I will lead off, and I'm going to go with the Patriots because I have no faith in that Bears team. And I think the Patriots are actually okay. Uh, so the Patriots are rolling a little bit right now. I think the Bears keep this within seven, and that's why I ta- I'm taking the Bears. I know I shit on them for about a good five, six minutes when we were talking about the Packers and the Commanders game. But I expect them to just score something, do something on offense. So um, keep it within seven. I like it. And those are our picks. If you want to update where we are on the total bing bong. So Mike's whooping my ass with negative 260 bing bongs and I am down negative 780 bing bongs. So if you've been betting with us this year, you have not been doing good, but last year we both ended up in the green. So if you stick with us, that probably won't happen again. So (laughs) fair warning. Uh, but anyways, I, I think that'll do it for the show. Unless Mike has anything to add, he's got a finger to put up. No. Uh, so I just want to say that, uh, it's 42, 24 in the saints Cardinals game. Cardinals are winning. And, uh, so hopefully we'll get that one as a cover too. Yeah, no, pay attention to what we've been doing on Thursday nights. Cause if we double stamp that bitch, it's, it's a, it's a thing. It's a hundred percent go. That's that's put the mortgage on the game right now this year. But don't put the mortgage on any game ever in in all of your life, please. Unless you want unless you want two houses or two mortgages. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) But thank you all for listening. We appreciate the support. We love you guys. Um Thanks to Kyle. I think he'll be listening to this one because he was on it. Thank you, buddy. Our new Bucks correspondent. Um, But yeah, hit us up on Twitter. 
do do whatever you can but we appreciate the support however we get it and what you got mike subscribe do your thing like if you guys are liking what you're listening to or if you like you know are just doing it to entertain us tell a few more people about it like that'd be good uh but anyway if you're doubting the brewers the badgers the bucks or the packers you can eat our shorts roll mike will be giving away free t-shirts so stay tuned someday